0: Welcome to Tame Your Talent. I'm your host at Tame Your Talent, Brad J., 25-plus year announcer, professional TV commentator, live announcer, X Games, Olympics, and uh, U.S. snowboarding, U.S. free skiing, a whole lot more. I've done TV work for ABC, uh, NBC, CBS, Fox Sports, Fuel TV, uh, ESPN, uh, all the above, basically. And uh, this is a story. Uh, this podcast is basically about my life of announcing. And uh, what I'm currently doing is, This is podcast number 90 is what it is, and I'm going through a kind of a pre-skim of the book. Now, I've been working on a book called The Ninth Caller, The Story of My Life, and how I became a professional announcer from basically nothing to to getting into it. And so I thought, rather than just keep writing the book, how about do episodes of the podcast about the book? And so it's 20 chapters, and this right now is chapter 7, Hawaii to Dogtown. Is the name of this chapter. And I've done all the chapters up to seven in order. So if you go back to podcast 84, and you'll be able to go to podcast 104, 84 to 104, and that will be all 20 chapters of the book, Ninth Collar. Now, this is a very toned down version because I like to keep my podcast very. I don't know, political free, neutral like Switzerland. I try to leave out the bad words. You know, I try to make it, you know, that way. So when the book comes out, there's going to be a lot of stuff in the book that's definitely not in the podcast because I had to really think about what I should put in and what I should not put in because I started thinking about the stuff I could put in could affect future jobs for me. And that's not a good thing, all right? Subscribe to my YouTube page, also called Tame Your Talent, and my website, Tame Your Talent, as well. Uh, This is Chapter 7. It is Hawaii to Dogtown, Dogtown to Hawaii, whatever you want to call it. This is about the move. So in the last episode, I talked about uh, being fired for skateboarding from a skateboard company. Let me just reiterate this. Now, I was fired from a skateboard company for skateboarding on the clock, okay? Completely 100% my fault. I knew it. I'm admitting it. Takes a big man to own up, but uh, I should have clocked out that day and not skated, but I was trying to get my line down. And look, I got third place in the contest that weekend, so was it worth getting fired from the coolest job I ever had? <laughs> One of the coolest jobs. But... So anyways, I don't blame the skateboard company, uh, Paul Peralta, who fired me, because I definitely should have clocked out. It was my fault. And uh but you know what it was meant to be. I kinda look at things like that. You know, things just happen in life and are meant to be and that's just the way it goes. All right, before I get into my next chapter, chapter seven of my book Ninth Caller, I wanted to I was talking to my wife today about something that I wanted to bring up on the podcast and it was Back early in my career in 2001 to 2002, hired as the lead music director for the Olympic Games in Salt Lake City, 2002, right? My job was to hire all the DJs for all the venues and create a music library for all the venues to use and all the DJs to use. So I'm doing video conferencing back in those days. Like 2001, I'm video conferencing DJs, right? And uh, we're talking... And I'm getting them hired for it, right? So I do this amazing job, right? We we probably put on one of the, be- the best Winter Olympics in the history, most profitable one for in Utah. It was an amazing show. Everything went great. The music was good. The DJs were awesome. Everything was perfect. And I'm riding high on the cloud, man. I'm thinking this is it. This is the beginning of my career. I am a music person. I know music better than anybody and this is the beginning of my career. How exciting! So, oh, how the rude awakening was about to happen for my face. I was just, oh, this is a good one. So, this is before I'll get into chapter seven in a second. But I had to tell the story because I was talking to my wife about it today, and I had a good laugh about it. So, we move. Um, we moved to Port Angeles, Washington, at that point in two thousand. To 2003 right around there we move up to the state of washington move out of california move up there and you know i'm the successful lead music director from the olympic winter games from salt lake 2002 should be no problem getting a job for the old bradsky <laughs> right so there's a place uh, uh like a sports bar that says yeah why don't you uh Yeah, we'll try you out as a DJ. Come on out, and you can DJ, and uh, maybe you can get yourself a weekend gig. You know, I was looking for work, you know, young kids at the time, or what did I have, two kids at the time. So two kids, one and the third on the way. And so I needed to make some coin. I needed to make some paper, and I needed to get that cash. And so I got the job, uh, got the tryout job, I should say, at a sports bar. So my wife and I went in there. You know, complete with our setup for music, plugged in to the system. I would rock out for a little while, DJ for a while. She would DJ for a while. I would DJ for a while. She would DJ for a while. And then when we got done, you know, and the the ego at this point for me is through the roof because I'm already working for X Games at this point as an announcer. I was a lead music director for a very successful Olympic Winter Games in Salt Lake. So I'm thinking I'm the bee's knees. I'm thinking I'm the, the shat at this point. And we did DJ, I think, two nights in a row. And after it's all said and done, they the manager has a little conversation. It's okay. All right. And I'm just thinking, all right, when do I start, man? <laughs> you got some golden headphones for me, man? They chose my wife over me. <laughs> just like, Yeah, no, we kind of dig what she's playing and stuff. And, uh, yeah, you were fine, but. Yeah, we'd rather give her an opportunity to DJ than you. From the Olympic Games to a po dunk bar in Port Angeles, and I can't get hired. From the lead music director to just trying to DJ a couple nights at a freaking po dunk bar, and it was a po dunk bar. No dice. They picked her. That was a rude awakening, but that also kept my ego in check, and I became the uh, at-home taking care of the kids. My wife would work till 2 a.m., and I'd have two small kids at home, and I would just take care of the kiddos. Just two girls at home. (laughs) And she got the job over me. But in retrospect, or actually later on, a bowling alley gave me an opportunity to DJ one night a week at the bowling alley. So I did get that. <laughs> All right, let's get into chapter seven. Uh, Hawaii to Dogtown. Okay. In the last episode, I got fired for skateboarding from a skateboard company and I was just pissed. I'm living in Santa Barbara. I'm waiting tables going, you know what, dude, you can go wait tables anywhere you want. So I moved to Hawaii. That's it. Packed up my bags and moved, sold everything I got and moved. And there I was in Hawaii. Moved in with a couple friends. And the place that we lived in, how's this? It was a studio. So it didn't even have one bedroom. It was a full studio open open deal. We bought cots. And all three of us shared this open studio in Maui. <clears throat> and got jobs waiting tables. Bussing tables, waiting tables. And moved. I was bitter at the skateboard industry for for pulling the carpet out from underneath me and the whole time it's like it was my own fault and and i'm bitter to this i'm bitter about the skateboard company when it was my own fault definitely 100 my own fault i knew what i was doing when i went and skateboard on the clock i could have clocked out i didn't so for me to have displaced hatred for that was stupid because i was in the wrong but anyways it gave me a chance to move to hawaii and there i was living in hawaii living in maui loving it Hono Api'ilani Highway. Still remember it. And it's pretty trippy living in Hawaii as a single man. And let me just tell you this. If you don't know that as a single man living in Hawaii, it's tough. Because the population of dudes over in Hawaii is through the roof. There's a lot of dudes over there. Okay? So being able to find someone to date, you know, woman of your own age, you know, someone you have co- things in common with. It's tough to find. And it's a huge tourist population. So it's not a lot of locals. So if you move over there and you're a single guy, it's tough. I, I would think the term would be slim pickings. <laughs> and before I even did this episode my of my podcast, I had to actually shut my door because my wife's in the other room. And I knew that I was going to get into talking about this. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want her to hear this. And I, I let her know where this conversation was going to go. And she's cool with it. But finally, after about a year, I met someone over in Hawaii. I'd been there a full year working at a restaurant at nighttime and surfing all day long. I mean, what a lifestyle, right? Right. I bought a crappy piece of crap car for about it was about 90 bucks. I had to climb underneath the car, rip the muffler the rest of the way off because it was just dragging and hanging there. It was all rusted. You could actually see the road through the floorboard of the car. The car was so rusted. It was an old Toyota. It had surf racks on it, and I got it for under 100 bucks. So I was pretty stoked out. So that was my rig. So I would go surfing every day. I'd get up in the morning. And I'd probably have about six gallon jugs of water in my trunk in the plastic gallons. Always filled up. You always had fresh water in the back. And then I knew where all the fruit trees were. Where to go get mangoes. Where to go get avocados. Where to go get passion fruit, guavas. I knew where these trees were that you could pick fruit for free. So I had a rice cooker at the house. So we'd always get a huge, big 10-pound bag of rice. We'd go all these places to get the free fruit. And that's how we would live. We'd buy like a can of chili and mix it in with a bunch of rice and buy some torts. And we'd have some tortillas and some chili and rice and a bunch of fruit. That's how we ate. I and mean, that's how we got along. And it was good. It was it was good for a while, but it was just three dudes living in a, in, in the same room on cots. You know, at mid-20s, I think, by then, or, mid, or early to mid-20s. Not that much fun. So randomly... I meet this girl over there who is a nanny, uh, a girl from the UK, from, from England, and she was a nanny over there working. And she was, baby, or she was doing the babysitting for this family that was on vacation, and she had a couple days off, so we ended up hanging out, cooked up a really fancy meal. I told all the roommates they had to split, so I had my own room for a while. So back then you had to do that, almost like the sock on the door thing. But what we would do is just say, hey, guys, I'm entertaining tonight, so I'll need you guys not to be home. So <laughs> kicked them all out, did that. And at this point, it had been about a year living in Hawaii. And I was, I was tired of it. I was tired every time there was uh, a girl that stepped off a plane, a tourist or something, that trying to scam on her or just trying to compete with all the other dudes on the island. And just being single wasn't fun. I mean, being over there. Having a girlfriend, stuff—I could see that could be pretty special. Having a wife, having that special someone to you know to celebrate and hang with. But as a single dude, man, it's not an easy life out there, and it wasn't for sure. It definitely wasn't. And so I think it was time to go back. And uh, when I'd met her, she had said, "Why don't you come back and move in with me? I got you know extra room at uh, my house in Venice Beach and in California, and let's do that." So there I was, about a year and a half in Hawaii, and it came to an end. I decided, you know what? I'm going to move back, and I'm going to move in to Venice Beach. I'd never lived in Venice Beach at this point. At this point, I'd lived in Malibu, Santa Barbara, San Diego, like all all these cool locations, and now Maui. But now I'm going to go back and go to a new place in SoCal, and that was Venice Beach, and I couldn't wait to get back and uh, to California. And plus, Venice Beach isn't too far away from uh, Santa Barbara as well, so all my friends were there. So I took the offer and uh, I moved back and moved in with her. And there you go. And that's going to bring an end to this episode right now. Podcast episode 90 in the books here. Tame Your Talent. Subscribe to the YouTube page. That is also called Tame Your Talent. The website, Tame Your Talent. My social media. Well, that would be Brad J-A-Y-M-C on Instagram, Facebook, and what have you. All right. Tune in to tomorrow's podcast will be chapter eight, Divorced and Fired. That's the next one. Tune in for that one. All right. Don't forget my radio show too, as well Monday through Friday. That is on ktyd.com from Errol Smith the to ZZ Top. I got you covered. Six hours of quality classic rock, bringing it to you Monday through Friday. Uh, doing it. Okay. Ktyd.com, and you can even download the K Tide app at the App Store for free. Or if you're in Santa Barbara, Ventura, tune in on your FM dial ninety nine point nine. I can be heard seven p.m. till midnight Monday through Friday. Uh, do the math if you're not on the west coast of Cali. That's going to do it. Tame your talent. I'm Brad J. See ya.